Hello, and welcome to Polk County This Week. Polk County This Week gives you a chance to hear about things happening in our area and a chance to hear from some of the people making news or covering it. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of Polk County This Week. Polk County This Week is a public affairs presentation of Hall Communications. This program was pre-recorded and may not reflect the most current information available. I have a, a family member who has been diagnosed with mental illness, and I read a lot and, and learned quite a bit about what, you know, what happens. And, and I've noticed that oftentimes people don't look at a mental illness diagnosis as a medical diagnosis, and people don't treat uh, mental illness as a medical condition, but it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, to help erase the stigma of, of mental illness and things like that, we will, on the second Monday of every month, uh, talk about something related to mental health. So, cool. starting today, uh, we're joined. Uh, I think the only time we ever had him on before was on the phone because it was during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Kirk Fassauer is here. He's director of crisis response at the Peace River Center. Kirk, how are you? Good morning, Lee. Good. I'm Wonderful for a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> it is Monday. It That's is good. Monday. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I didn't mean to play Manic Monday. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 that was good. That was good. That was good. <laughs> just another Manic Monday. <laughs> I, it was just in the list, and I was just putting songs in this morning because uh, I haven't had enough sleep. And so, <laughs> Len, you're a little uh, manic sometimes. So. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Nick. Um. Anyway, so Kirk, uh, tell us uh, what a director of crisis response does. Well, I'm responsible for two crisis response teams that were developed by myself at Peace River Center. Mm. Uh, one of the things we're responsible for is a 24-hour crisis line that okay. we have. That's and right. That number is 519-3744. Uh, again, that's 519-3744. And mm. it's available to anybody in any type of crisis. And that's kind of what we'll get into here a little right. bit about. The, the scope of mental illness or mental health kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're responsible for that. We have uh, counselors available at two of our crisis campuses, one in Bartow and one in Lakeland, where people can come in and see a crisis counselor immediately if they're in any type of crisis mm-hmm. again. Uh, rather than speaking to somebody on the phone, they can see somebody in person. Right. And then the big part of what the program is all about is we are a mobile team. So that means the crisis does not need to come to us. We can go to it. Okay. And it being anywhere in the community. We go into people's homes. We go into the schools. We've gone to uh, local lawyers' offices, uh, local doctors' offices, uh, Winn-Dixie parking lot, wherever somebody wants to meet with us. (laughs) We'll go out and meet with them uh, to talk about their situation and what's going on. And the whole point of our going out is to de-escalate things or help them get a focus on their particular crisis so they can get into services they may need. Uh, sometimes that may elevate itself to the level of uh, a Baker Act. And mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know, a Baker Act is the commitment law here in Florida for somebody who's in uh, such emotional distress that they need that intensive level of care. So there aren't uh, there are there are beds in this community. Right. There are different places people can go, but we want to reserve those for the you know the real real heavy duty kinds of things. Well, let me ask you this uh, because I, I I know that on the law enforcement side they use uh, is is the person at a point where they would hurt themselves or someone else. Pretty much. Uh, is that the same criteria that you're 
uh, counselors use when they go out to see someone? Same criteria. It's the exact okay. same criteria for law enforcement. And that's the second uh, team that I have. We've been working mm. with law enforcement in our community right. to uh, do some, some work with them. Met on, some of those deputies. Uh, training mm. them and uh, uh, understanding the the way to handle somebody with a mental illness or mm. potential mental illness and uh, getting them to the help that they need. Right. And it doesn't always mean a Baker Act. It, it, it does right. mean some type of intervention, though. Yeah. Now, and I said that I had to, a family member, yeah. so, uh, I mean, that's out there. But uh, I, I wonder what, in your professional opinion, makes someone who has uh, mental health issues – um, swear up and down that there's nothing wrong with them mm. yeah. and and uh, refuse to take their medication I mean despite the 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 I mean the clarity and the clear facts of what's happening around them right that uh, everything is falling to pieces and they've lost everything that they had and yeah. uh, because of uh, not I don't well, know, being on the same plane of existence as the rest of us yeah. in, in a moment. You know, yeah. sometimes great, but sometimes not. So there, there are a number of factors that yeah. feed into that. One, let's start off with kind of the, the broader one, and that is the difference between mental health and mental illness. Mm. So a lot of those, when we say mental health issues, people kind of lump that all together into one thing, and they think of the really the worst aspect of it, the, right. the illness side of that. Yeah. Um, and so when when I do talks on this, it's it's about taking a look at, let's take a step back and look at the terms we're using. Mm. So we're talking about mental health issues. Everybody has mental health issues. We, we're all dealing with some type of stress and how we cope with it and how we deal with it. We're in, we're in various types of relationships and how we uh, address and dance that uh, process along. Those are all mm-hmm. part of how we take care of our uh uh, mental health, mm. uh, taking vacations, taking our breaks, things like that to reduce our stress level. So we're doing things to take care of our mental health. I equate it to the way we take care of our physical health. If you're out there doing some exercise, eating right, and paying attention to it, all right, it hopefully prevents many of the illnesses. Or if you have diabetes or high blood pressure Correct. and you take your medication to control that. Correct. Mm-hmm. So exactly. the same type of situation. Same type of setup. But that's but now we're talking the mental stigma stuff. that, that the, you know, the general public has had about mental health is, yep. you know, yep. that's a, oh, that's a, that's a medical issue. Well, well, so is this. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And yeah. so it usually takes a, a lot of people, unfortunately, turn to Dr. Google um, and and come up with a list of what's ailing them, and then they, they it's go, WebMD, by the way. Oh, that, that too, yes, yes. They'll they'll use either one of those lists, and they'll go go to somebody and say, "I've got all of this." Well, the way somebody comes up with a mental illness or a diagnosis for a mental illness mm. is through a, a clinical interview, right. and there isn't a blood work. There isn't you know. Uh, there are some paper and pencil kinds of tests that can be done to determine some things. But more often than not, it's the clinical interview. And right. what we know about people is that they, even when they go to their medical doctor, want to make themselves sound a little bit better than they actually mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they'll they'll lie. They won't tell the... They'll exaggerate. They'll like exaggerate. A, they'll, yeah. they, yeah, good, or good or leave some things out. Yes. <laughs> When when they shouldn't. I mean, right. one of the people mission. one right. of the people you shouldn't really hold back on uh, talking about what's going on with you is your doctor. 
Yeah. You know, and so (laughs) and so some people do. Um, And then uh, the way we've been socialized with medicine is that once we feel better, we stop taking it. Yes. Because we don't need it anymore. However, there are those conditions like you mentioned, diabetes, Mm -hmm. uh, heart disease, things like that, that are kind of chronic uh, illnesses, long term kinds of illnesses Mm -hmm. where you will need to have a regime, a routine to take your medication on a regular basis. And so individuals with mental illness will need to do the same when they get a a medical diagnosis. Because when it comes to mental illness, it isn't just going to WebMD or Dr. Google. It's actually having that conversation with somebody who is trained in diagnosing mental illness, looking at you. And one visit does not really... One visit is not really the best way to come up with a clear diagnosis. Mm. You have to have three or four right. uh, visits in order to come up with the, the right diagnosis. And then if medicine is warranted, because I'm a believer that medicine isn't necessarily warranted in all cases, mm. but in the more severe cases, like physical illness, right. medicine may be warranted. And yeah. for some, it, it's a long-term condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, some the- I like to equate it to... If you have an infection and you're prescribed antibiotics, you are going to feel better before those antibiotics are gone. But I'm sure that your doctor told you, finish all of these pills. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's it's the same type thing. You have to keep taking your medicine uh, when you have that. Uh, And and it's like diabetes or high blood pressure. Right. You you just keep taking that until your doctor says that. No, you don't need to take that. You don't get to make that. You shouldn't make that decision on your own. Absolutely. It so, should be, it's a oh, I feel better. I don't need this anymore. Well, my, my girlfriend you know? was bipolar, and she was taking medication, and she said she just didn't like the way she felt on her medication. That's, so she uh, would constantly stop taking it and constantly end up back mm. in the clinics. And I'm like, yeah. why do you keep stop taking it? You need well, to take it. They told you to take You're better when you take it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they don't believe that. Well, you know? what, what happens is some of the medications have... There are a couple of things going on there. One of the things being that when you start taking some medications, sometimes you feel a little bit awful mm-hmm. <laughs> for, yeah. for a right, period of yeah. time. Right. It's kind of that threshold so you need to regulate it until right? it gets regulated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, like Zoloft takes a while to get into your system to a therapeutic level. But there's a period where, oh, you're going to feel miserable. Well, that's your body making adjustments to a new chemical entering your body. Yeah. And it's it's trying to get back to balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're adding that new chemical in, it's like, oh, we got to adjust here. So you do feel a little bit weird and off a little mm-hmm. bit uh, for a while. And, and it does turn some people off, uh, yeah. you know. Plus the onset of a lot of these illnesses are late adolescence, early adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that is a time in our lives when we're trying to break away from our parents, be out on our own, do our own thing. Trying to discover right. ourselves, exactly. basically. Exactly. And then and then something starts to happen. You're not feeling right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, oh, I don't, eh, maybe it's not that bad. And we come up with all these excuses that so we don't have to become reliant on something. And then, unfortunately, what happens is the delay in getting care is what makes things worse. Mm. So with a lot of illnesses... Schizophrenia, for example, probably one of the more severe of the the illnesses. Mm. Um, if you catch it early enough, mm-hmm. you know we don't have a cure for it. We don't right. have a cure for a lot of these uh, right. mental illnesses, but we we can treat the symptoms and it can help stabilize somebody so they right. can control it, just like you can control your yeah. diabetes right. and, 
in your heart disease, you know. So it is a medical condition. It has to do with the brain and the illness of the brain functioning. And I do well, wonder also, I'm sorry to, no, to interrupt, you're fine. Kirk. Um, my, my family member, he saw a lot of different people, and he received several different diagnoses. Yes. Um, so I think that might be one of the, re- one of the things where are like, well, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Everybody says something different. Well, see, it goes back to what I said earlier, the yeah. clinical interview. So mm-hmm. I may come to you and tell you my story and give you some of the, some of the information mm-hmm. and you have one diagnosis. Yeah. Cause that's what I've got my, my basis for my diagnosis is yeah. what you tell me. Yeah. Um, and some of the history I get usually from you, if I can get other members involved, other family members and so mm-hmm. forth. Even better, because I get a, yeah. a richer picture. Right. But I may go to you, and you give me one diagnosis. But then I present to, like, Nick mm-hmm. uh, at another time, and I tell him a little bit different, story. slightly different story. Mm-hmm. And so Nick sees something different, mm-hmm. and that's where you get a different diagnosis. Right. Um, and I may go next to Leanne, and then... Lorianne. Lorianne. Lorianne, I'm sorry. Okay, you're fine. <laughs> I'll answer to Leanne. Just don't call me late for dinner. (laughs) There you go. All right. So they go to Lorianne with yet a third version of what's going on for me. And and so it becomes Mm. a a third diagnosis. So diagnosing isn't necessarily an exact science. Um, It's called a practice for a reason because we're all practicing, Mm -hmm. even in medical medicine, you know. Right. You know, that's always new breakthroughs. That's always new breakthroughs, new discoveries. We're, We're getting a better understanding of how how our brains work right. and the chemicals that we put in, the, the, the psychotropic medications that are prescribed for people, what that does. They're a lot better than they used to be because mm. years ago, and I'm talking like 25, 30 years ago, some people would take some of the, the medication to, to work on some of the more chronic illnesses and it would make them lethargic. Right, they yeah. would seem kind of zombie-like yeah. and they wouldn't feel as energized. And people would even notice that from the outside looking in. And, who wants to be like that? Right. You know, and uh, so, and there's weight gain that's associated with it, mm-hmm. dry mouth, yeah. and you might get uh, what's referred to as tardive dyskinesia, just shakings and mm. uh, ticks and things like that. Yeah. Those those aren't pleasant sides to taking medication, but right. those are things that you really need to discuss with somebody who specializes in psychotropic medications, and they can understand um you know, how it interacts with other medications you may be taking, mm. uh, and and they'll work with you. It's or a, adjust. Or yeah. adjust yeah. as necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really a partnership between the individual and the practitioner. Right. Re- you got to have a good relationship with them. And, Absolutely. And I tell people sometimes when they're reluctant to getting involved in counseling because, oh, I didn't like that counselor. Right. I thought, well, how many times did you see him? Right. Once. How many times you go? Right. Once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> we don't get along. We don't get along with everybody we meet. So right. it's yeah. like, you okay, find somebody you gotta that find somebody fits you can with you. Connect yeah. with, exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's really the magic of, of counseling and therapy is finding that, that right person you can connect with. And once you're able to find it, boy, is that magic. Mm. I mean, that's, that's where you get to be yourself right. really and yeah. not feel judged right and it's more of a welcome tell me everything you got here and i'm not going to judge you on whatever you tell me i'm here to guide you through this this yeah. process and and get you the help you need right and i've I, been to a lot of support group meetings and uh, there are people who have been diagnosed with mental illness who live productive lives absolutely. who yeah. who you know have families jobs Everything is is great, 
as long as they keep taking their medication. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. So it's when they stop, you know, yeah. and, and and you try to show those examples to the people that you love. It's like this person does that, and then you know because they take their medication. Well, anyway, a, this is going to be an reasons. ongoing uh, discussion yeah, yeah. for us as we uh, as we move on. And uh, Kirk Fassauer is the director of crisis response at the Peace River Center. Kirk, thank you very much for uh, coming in this morning. Thanks for having me. This program was pre-recorded and may not reflect the most current information available. Joining us now on the program, he is the sheriff of Polk County, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, will always be the sheriff of Polk County. It is Sheriff Grady Judd. Good morning, Sheriff. How are you? Well, thank you for saying that. It is my honor to be your sheriff, and I'm doing good today. I thought we talked about something. Awesome. You want to talk about something? Absolutely. How about this? How about things you ought not to do? Okay. Those are always good. Okay. And these things that you ought not to do because people did them actually cost them their life. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of, you should not drive a boat very fast at night. After you've been drinking. Mm. Ought not to do that. Not just at night. (laughs) During the day, too. (laughs) Well, during the day, too. You're absolutely right. But at night, it's even worse. Yes. For this one fella. Sure. That's right. He had been around on the chain of lakes at a couple of the restaurants and had apparently drank too much beer. We have found some video of him on plane through a canal, which for those of you who don't know what on plane is, he was driving very fast through the canal at night. And keep in mind, you're supposed to be idling through the canals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, he came out of the canal, drove across the lake and up straight into some cypress trees where a fellow wakes up the next morning and finds his boat all crunched up. So he goes down there to see what's up, and there he finds this man deceased underneath his boat. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. That's right. So you ought not to drink and drive, whether it's a car or a boat, nighttime or daytime. But certainly, there's no indication that he even tried to avoid this tree. So, you oh, know, it may have been intentional, huh? No, no he I didn't think see it. Was, it. I yeah, I think it was so dark, and yeah. he was driving so fast, and he had so enough to drink <laughs> that, oh, I can't see it. you know, he didn't know that there was a tree there. Gotcha. So I hate it for his family. I hate it for him, but yeah. you ought not to do that. Okay, mm-hmm. here's the next thing you ought not to do. Mm-hmm. When you're 15 years of age, you ought not to drive your 12-year-old sister to school <laughs> Because it's against the law, right? That is true. And so this 15-year-old does that. And then you ought not to turn left in front of a vehicle if you are driving when you ought not to. And there was a T-bone. So now we have this horrible crash on Highway 60 east of Lake Wells. Mm. And the 12-year-old is, they're both injured, but the 12-year-old is significantly injured. Mm. So a good Samaritan stops. He stops to help 34-year-old man from uh, Melbourne, Florida, does what he should do, 
And then guess what? He got hit. These other people do what they ought not to do. Now, I don't know how you can't see twisted and mangled vehicles in a roadway, right? Because they're on their phone. But what does this other 2012 Honda Odyssey driven by some morons do? Plows into Crashes, Crashes into the crash site. And then their good Samaritan, who's on the other side of the crash trying to help, is run over and killed. Oh, my God. Mm. Well, if you do that when you ought not to, then you ought to stay. But did they stay? No, they ran. Oh, no. They ran. Of course, everyone's there trying to help the kids and help the man who's ultimately deceased. Oh, my God. And they just disappear. So when we get to investigating and we go, well, where's the drivers of this vehicle? They're gone. And guess what? That vehicle was a salvage vehicle from Arizona in 2022. Mm -hmm. We've actually traced it and found where it was serviced once in New Mexico and once in Arizona. We see no connections to Florida. Now, that tells me as a trained detective, be suspicious. Mm-hmm. Like, are the people driving it illegal? Are the dri- people driving it illegally, whether they're legal or not? Right. Probably one or a combination. Correct. So they take off. We have searched and searched and searched, and we searched that day with dogs and helicopters and drones, and we can't find them. And our big fear is there is nothing to trace them by the vehicle. Now, of course, we're taking fingerprints and DNA out of the vehicle, and that'll take a little longer, and we'll pray for something there. But we hope someone in the area or someone who stopped at the crash saw something and they say something because mm. we want to get those rasperts in jail yeah. that was responsible for for that for killing that man who stopped to help. Right. Well, if that's not enough, things you ought not to do. You know, if you're 15 years of age, you ought not to be a documented gang member. You know what I'm saying? Yes. When you're 15 years of age and you're sitting on the couch at 10 o'clock at night playing games and your mama goes to bed, mama thinks you're there, right? Mm -hmm. Well, she wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning to feed her young child, and she notices that her 15-year-old is no longer on the couch, so she thinks, well, he's gone to bed. So she wakes up the next morning to us knocking on the door to deliver the horrible news that her 15-year-old child is dead. Not only is he dead, he's been shot and killed. Mm -hmm. Now, you ought not to be shot and killed when you're 15. But this thing even gets crazier than that, okay? Oh, yeah. What we determine is Quashon, who's 15, was picked up by Rushon, who's 20. And they went over to Winter Haven to what we call a trap house, or the dopers call a weed house. That's right, marijuana. Some people want you to, want you to think it's low-level and nonviolent. Well, it was at the core of all of this problem. And while they're there, Question gets out of the car, and Rushon has this lady sit in the car with him. Now, what Question didn't know is Rushon sold this lady a gun early the night before. So that lady had it in her pocket. Rushon came back over there ostensibly 
with Quashon to buy dope, and he wanted to try to hit on this girl, and he said, I'll sell you some bullets. So while they're talking in the car, Quashon opens the door and tries to rob the lady because they know she's got money and dope. So a fight ensues over our victim, and with Quashon, the victim pulls her newfound illegal stolen gun out of Lakeland that she bought from Russian out of her pocket and shoots Quashon in the head, killing him. Goodness gracious. And then she runs into the house. Russian, does he get help for Quashon? No, he gets in the car and takes off. So Quashon lays in the driveway for about two, two and a half hours before anyone discover him. Mm. Well, as the investigation unfolds, our lady is a convicted felon. That's why she has to buy the gun on the street. She's also has drugs packaged to sell. She also has cash. Rashawn knows that. He just sold her a gun. And poor old Quashon, who is a gang member, and he's out running at night when his mama thinks he's in bed asleep. He gets caught up in all this, and he's dead. So there's a, a lot of what you ought not to do wrapped up in that. Yes, sir. Now. Yes, sir. W- we got to have a lighter, what you ought not to do, okay? Mm, okay, please. You, you ought not to take off all your clothes. What? And wander around in people's backyards. That's right. This guy was buck naked when we got the call. In somebody now, else's did, backyard? Oh, you, yeah, oh, yeah, somebody else's backyard. Oh, my. Do you know the difference between naked and buck naked? Uh, no, Sheriff <laughs> Judd. What is the difference? <laughs> well, buck naked means you're not even wearing your socks. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so this guy is in just a this hot. man's. This he had to be in, high. Oh, he, yes. Like yes. a kite. He, well, he, you see, Meth. this guy, when, when we found him, he was in the backyard of this man's house after trying to break into the window. And what do we find him doing? He's in the backyard soaping up. I, I don't know if it was Dawn soap or <laughs> Dial soap. Oh, my goodness. And well, he, he was said, just taking a shower. Yeah. He, that's right. He said he was trying to, uh, you know, wash off the sweat. Oh, my god! I guess he and the boys needed a shower. Gotcha. So we arrest him, and we take him to jail. Now, at the jail, he can take a shower. Naked. Where he ought to. Mm-hmm. But that you ought not to wander around through neighborhoods trying to break into houses. But naked. And we asked him, well, why were you beating on the window? He said, well, I needed some clothes. No, I'm sure. So if he was you know, back Where did he get the soap? That's what I want to know. You know, I, I don't know. That's still a mystery to me. It must have been in the backyard from previously washing their cars. Or gotcha, wow. gotcha. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Now, is isn't so that weird. interesting? Now, now <sighs> it's hard... When you hear that, it's hard to believe that crime is at a 51-year low, but it is. Right. So I guess the only difference between me and him is uh, I get naked to shower, but I do it inside my house. 
That's correct. Not in other people's backyards. You get buck naked if you're not wearing socks. What if you're in your backyard? Maybe maybe I am wearing my socks. (laughs) Maybe. What if you're in your backyard? No, that's not. not You can't do that either, right? What if you have a shower in your backyard? If you're in your backyard and you're not visible from other people's houses and yards, you can just run around and show you shiny hiney all you want. There you go, Lynn. There you go. But I cannot because I do not have privacy fences. So. Oh, then I would highly recommend you not do that. Yeah. Or get some privacy fences. I think I know. I think I know. Uh, I, I, I think I know that's the wrong thing to do, Sheriff. Thank you. That is hilarious. You know, I, my experience is walking through life mm-hmm. that most people, if they took their clothes off and went running around in their backyard, would scar their neighbors for life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, yes, and that's my main very, concern. Very few people that would be worthy of running around naked in the backyard. Oh, how funny! They're not ready for that, you know. No one is ready for that. You need. You but, should move to Germany. They do that all the time. No, I don't need that. But but you cannot believe. You know, there's something about when some times when people use drugs, mm. they just get hot. All over, and they feel like they got to strip the clothes yeah, off. Yeah, Maybe it was a real right. humid it's night. It's so hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we occasionally find them naked in the lakes. You there know, you why go. are oh. you they're naked wearing their in the lakes? Socks? They're not buck well, naked. Well, sometimes they're buck naked in the lakes. <laughs> <laughs> sheriff Grady Judd is the sheriff of Polk County. Sheriff, thanks a lot for checking in with us. Uh, we, we appreciate it. And I hope you have a, a great day, a great week. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Keep your clothes on if you don't want to go to jail. That's right. Thanks, Sheriff. Take care. And that wraps up this week's edition of the program. Thank you for tuning in and join us again next Sunday for Polk County This Week. Polk County This Week is a public affairs presentation of Hall Communications.